Hello, I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And ahoy, I'm Colin Buckhunter, also known as just Hunter. And this is A Hero Story, episode 78. Welcome. Hello. A Hero Story is a podcast where we talk all things comics. Comics ranging from Marvel and DC, I finally remembered. Oh, yay. Uh, <laughs> that includes comic book animation, comic book video games, comic book movies, comic books themselves, you name it. We probably talk about it. Uh, this week, we had a extra-sized spectacular issue of, well, I don't know about spectacular, but that's what it says on the cover, of Wonder Woman number 750. Uh, this was a huge comic week. We also had comics such as Superman 19, Batman 87. The Batman Sp- and Superman number ba- 6. Batman and Superman. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man number 38, Shazam number 10. Just a, a, a huge comic week this that was week. Horizon number 2, Red Hood and the Outlaws number 42. But yeah. Yeah, this was a big comic week, but we had the $10 special issue of Wonder Woman, and uh, we'll be going over, or I'll be going over that. Hunter did not buy it because of possibly my negative comments about it. In our group group chat, I started uh, crapping, because I read it, like, my shop opened at 11 a.m., and I went, like, to get it pretty much right away and read it when I got back. And going through story by story, I was just like, God, this is not taking off at all. <laughs> so I told our group chat, I'm like, this is terrible. And I sent and them some screenshots of like some of the wackiest parts. And they were like, hey. <laughs> and 11 a.m. for him is 9 a.m. for me. So <laughs> my yeah, shop actually, full warning. Yeah, my shop doesn't open till noon. And I also worked. So I had like a full shift. So I didn't get it till very late. So I ended up. I was still on the way to the comic shop. I'm like, should I pick this up? Should I not? I ended up not remembering to <laughs> so i, got I, to I my think sh- I, yeah i think you saved yourself ten dollars i think you're gonna be happy i don't know i like the jim lee cover a lot i might still pick it up i just oh i got the main cover i, I forgot who did it. <laughs> oh the main cover is done by um the person who does the catwoman joelle jones oh she's fantastic yeah it's a nice cover i, I like the cover a lot and i think a lot of the pinups in there were good but the story's not so good and we'll get to the comic soon but first we're going to start with the news of the week because that's how a hero story runs and there's not uh, a lot wanna, of news yeah there's not a lot of news it'll be quick but if you want to skip to the comics of the week the timestamps will be in the description so just skip ahead but uh let's get to the news um for news of the week there's just a little bit going over live action news we got uh, Captain Marvel 2 is officially in the works. They're aiming for uh, 2022 for the year. And it's the show writer of WandaVision will be working on it. Well, in talks to work on it. So basically confirmed, but not officially. Yeah, basically confirmed. But yeah, um, this was teased at San Diego Comic-Con last year by uh, Kevin Feige. Feige. Oh, boy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop saying his name. Oh, uh no. No details on plot or anything besides Brie Larson will return to as Carol Danvers. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of the first Captain Marvel movie. I don't think it's terrible. Like some people really hated it. I thought it was okay. I you know, I didn't think it was anything special, but I thought it was okay. I was entertained. We we reviewed it on this podcast. I remember the day we reviewed it because I had to go to the library of my campus and I got yelled at for recording too loud. So <laughs> that was an interesting day. I don't know if you remember that. We had to like pause, pause the podcast like halfway through and I had to move all my stuff. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. That, that. that was a rough day. But yeah, um, if you, I don't know, Captain Marvel, I, I thought it was all right. I mean, I'd, I'll obviously watch the sequel, but. Just picturing you recording a podcast in a library. Well, because I asked them. Uh, all right, so a little. Uh, I'm going to take a little detour right here. So they have these study rooms at my <laughs> at my college in these in these uh, in the library, and you can rent out the study room for like a two hour block. So I was like, oh, that'll yeah. be perfect. I couldn't record in my room because my roommate was sleeping. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the study room and I'm going to go record. It'll be great. Hunter and I were okay. recording early that day. I don't remember why, but we were recording really early in the morning. It was like 10 a.m. maybe, and. Uh, 
I go to the library and I'm like, hey, can I get a study room to rent out? And they were like, oh, you have to have more than one person for a study room. We can't rent it to just one person. I was like, are you kidding me? I, I, I was like, I have to record some stuff on my computer. Can I, can I please just get a room? Like it was a Saturday morning. Nobody was there in the library. Like you can't just do me the favor. So like, oh, you know what? You can go set up on that side of the library. Nobody's over there. So it was like a kind of like a closed section, but like you would be able to hear me recording. Okay. So I go in there, I close the door. And I'm recording, and about halfway through, I get a knock on the door. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, you're being a little too loud. We need you to we need you to uh, go somewhere else." And I'm like, "Well, I asked you guys for a room, so it wouldn't be this loud. <laughs> like, you could have avoided all of this." So then I ended up moving into like the basement of the library, where I was able to find like a corner to record. And be yeah, that that was a very annoying day. They couldn't just get into the study room. Damn you, university library! They probably thought you were recording something for school, and then they just overhear you like yelling in your mic, like Captain Marvel wasn't that bad. <laughs> Honestly, they probably they probably did. Think I was recording something from school, and then yeah, they're hearing me talk about uh, Captain Marvel like spoilers. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that maybe that's what it was. Maybe somebody was just waiting to see Captain Marvel, and they reported me to the library. But yeah, I had, I had to move out. That that was a very annoying day. But now now everything's all good because I'm free to record as loud as I want. But uh, for you earbud users, I'll be nice. But oh yeah, so <laughs> Captain Captain Marvel sequel when we recorded the review for that in 2022. Hopefully you should go to a library head. for. Just as a little, a little nostalgia blast. I'll go back <laughs> to the library. Yes, that that went way off track. <laughs> back to the news. <laughs> yeah, Captain Marvel Two is happening. Um, other bit of news for Doctor Strange into the Multiverse. America Chavez will be a character appearing. Well, rumored to be a character appearing. In. She's a fairly new character. She came around. She came out around the same time as Miles Morales. So like 2011. Yeah, 2011 was her first appearance. Um, she has super strength. Uh, she goes by Miss Mar or Miss America is her name, I believe. That's her like superhero name, and her main kind of gimmick is she has the power to open portals to other dimensions in the multiverse, in multiverse madness. So makes sense. Granted, this character hasn't been very popular recently. <laughs> I mean, she just kind of there in the background. I would compare her to Amethyst in DC Comics, like. She's on teams. She she does a good job. She saves people, but she's also just there. So, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I haven't read that much of the character, so I don't, I don't really want to say one way or the other. I mean, I'm interested. The powers seem cool. So, uh, but yeah, I, I just don't know enough about the character, but I'm all for seeing it. Depends how it's shown. I think it would be cool instead of Doctor Strange just fighting her and being like, "Hey, let's go to the multiverse of madness," and then wink at the camera. I think it'd be cool if. <laughs> Going through the multiverse, she's in one of the dimensions already. Well, she yeah, accidentally got there and she's stuck. Yeah, yeah, that that would be more interesting. Yeah, that that would be a little cheesy. Uh, that that would be like Ant Man and the Wasp level cheesy, <laughs> like the whole <laughs> wink into the camera, like multiverse and madness. Yeah. So, hopefully, she's more there by accident than because she is a younger character. She's on the Young Avengers than her, like mastering the multiverse and being jumping from dimension to dimension it's it'd be more interesting if she got there by accident and steven has to kind of guide her out but yeah, yeah i agree uh that's it for live action news for comic news um the flash issue number 750 which comes out in march i believe yep, uh march. it received several varying covers going through the each decade of the flash uh and the covers were just revealed uh we're gonna go over all of them and say our favorites and say what we like about them all and probably say which ones we're probably picking up so you want to start yeah so first i'm just gonna say on behalf of the covers i'm a tad bit disappointed 
not oh there's only one cover that has like barry and jay and shows like a bunch of rogues in the back but there was none like i was really hoping the 90s cover was going to be like uh wally bart max jay jesse like the whole flash family from the 90s like the whole terminal terminal velocity crew that's what i was really expecting so then when it was just you know just the flash i was like eh, i don't know i mean francis uh matina did the 90s cover i believe as the guy who did yeah. the Flash War variant. So it kind yep. of just looks like another one of his Flash War variants, in all honesty. Like, there's nothing about that picture that makes me think, oh, 90s Flash. Yeah, um, it's just the Flash running. I mean, it looks yeah. cool. It, no, it looks cool, but if you're going to do decade, like, like the 40s, is Jay running in, like, uh, like it looks like 40s art, right? That's really cool, and I, I, I think that cover is awesome. And the 2010s is the Francis Monopole. That makes sense because it fits the 2010s. And the 60s with Barry and Jay, that makes sense. But the rest, they don't really feel like they fit within the decade. Maybe the 2000s one, but I don't know. I just I felt like they could have done a better job of showing like why this belongs in certain decade. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, the very first one's 50s, right? Uh, no, I think it's 40s. 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 Um, it's Jay Garrick doing a classic Jay Garrick pose and smile, running with a simple. Kind of very simplistic background. It's just kind of showing off Jay's suit. And this might be the one I pick up. I think it looks great. Really? Interesting. I Just imagine this with, like, on the cover, The Flash issue 750, and it's so simplistic, and it's Jay Garrick. I don't have any comics with Jay Garrick on the cover. And uh, the, the button, number four? Yeah. I said it, I don't have that many, but I have a few. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> like, how many Jay Garrick comics do you have? Well, I have all of Wally's run, so I guess he's, on, he's the on the cover of, of a bunch of them. So, yeah. but still, I mean, I this I, one... I definitely get you. It is a cool cover. It's it's definitely it's very forties esque. I think mm-hmm. that's is that not uh, Gary Frank? No, that's or is that Frank... Nicholas Scott? I think that's I thought that was Frank Cho. Maybe it is. I'm not sure. I, I'd have to look it up. Who did the art for that? But, I thought uh... it was Frank Cho. I could be wrong. Yeah, I for some reason I thought that uh, that it was. Either Nicholas Scott. Yeah, it's Nicholas Scott for the 40s. Oh, okay. I love the way that the helmet shines in it. So that's, I think, my personal favorite. You're that or another one. The next one's Gary Frank, which is, I guess, 50s. The 50s, yeah. And it's uh, Barry running circles around Gorilla Grodd. And this is Gary Frank, who, one of my favorite artists, but honestly, this doesn't seem like a huge celebration but cover. Th- and, and that's my point, right? Like, this doesn't really scream 50s flash to me. This just looks like a generic Grodd story. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Gary Frank is great, but I don't know. For the 50s, I mean, that's Barry Allen's first appearance, so I, I would definitely would have made it a Barry-centric cover, but I don't know. I, I think I would have done something with the lab accident because that's, like, where you first did like, okay. something that shows, like, how he got his powers. I think something like that would be cool. And yeah. I think Gary Frank could really draw the hell out of that because Gary Frank's the man. I would do that, or I would do uh, Barry with the, the ring and the suit coming out. Oh, that would be cool, too. Mm-hmm. Next is and, and I then guess you got the sixties with uh yeah. that's Nick Darrington. He did the covers for Mr. Miracle. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He he's a really good cover artist and he did Batman Universe as well with Bendis. Um mm-hmm. I like this cover a ton. I think this really screams sixties to me. So I think he did a good job of showing like the decade aspect. Yeah. You got like all the new rogues and he makes uh Heatwave wear the sixties suit and reverse flash has the regular facing logo like he did in the sixties, so really good touch. Uh, it's just Barry and Jay shaking hands with the rogues in the background. Yeah, I, I think this is one of my favorite covers. Uh, this is the one you're getting? Probably not. The one I'm probably getting is a little later. But <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't change this cover. 
at all. Yeah, I no, I, I think it's really good. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it just it's it screams '60s to me. So that's what mm-hmm. I wanted. Like, if you're gonna do a decade, like this is the '60s cover, it should be like, all right, yeah, this is the '60s. It makes sense. Next is '70s. It shows the Flash running from a ton of bit newer rogues. I'm old. Uh, Grodd is shown wearing the armor, uh, and a Flash symbol on his chest. Did he have that in the '70s? I thought he just got that in the 2010s. Yeah, I thought that was the 2010s as well. I mean, I haven't really read much 70s Flash because it's arguably the worst decade for the Flash. Where just really like that's where the Barry book started to go like kind of stale, and that's where the sales really dropped. So okay, interesting that Grodd has that. I don't know if that's a mistake or yeah. maybe I mean, it is accurate. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks kind of 70s-esque. I feel like this one could have been done differently, like trying to focus on maybe one villain as opposed to all of them. I or like would, or if, if the like, they were introduced in the 60s, don't include them. So like Boomerang and Captain Cold and all that, like you could have left them off, like let it just be the top and Abracadabra and whoever else was introduced in the 70s. Mm-hmm. That would be, make more sense. And then like, I don't know, try to give it like a more 70s. Like I think the background like paneling type thing, like with the holes in it kind of looks like... Uh, or with the dots behind them, rather, is like yeah, yeah. kind of seventies esque. So I would try to highlight that a little more. Okay. Uh, next is I guess eighties. Yeah, eighties. It's the Flash in space. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, it's supposed to be the Christ on Infinite Earth, so it's uh the Anti Monitor's ring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. His yeah, weapon. I so I think that's cool, but I don't know. It just doesn't. I, I feel like they could have done a little better with this one. Maybe like him charging to destroy the weapon or something. I don't know. Yeah, I would either do like the sacrifice moment or I would do Wally as Kid Flash holding the Flash suit. Which, yeah, which is like a pretty iconic, like Christ on Infinite Earth number 12. Yeah, just with uh, updated art kind of thing. Yeah. Which would have been neat. Yeah. And then then it's the the one that we were talking about before. Most disappointing one to me is the Francis, uh, Francesco Matna. Like I said, who gets a lot of hate. For this. Really? No, well, he gets a lot of hate as an artist because he copies people's work. Oh, is that true? I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll have to send you a link. But he basically, if you guys look up his name and then, like, with the space and say, like, copy, you'll see a collage of, like, pe- others' artwork that he traces over, clearly. Wow, that's crazy. And yeah, so. Uh, I, I think all his artwork is, like, cool in the sense that it looks like a, like a rock cover. But I don't know why he was chosen to, to do the 90s. This doesn't represent the 90s at all. There's a little too much lightning, which the '90s didn't have much lightning for the Flash. <laughs> I mean, but I don't, I don't even get why you would just do the Flash. Like the '90s was when the Flash family started. You had the first appearance of Bart in the '90s. You had the reappearance of Max Mercury, Jesse Quick. Like you had all these characters pop up in the '90s. Why are they not on this cover? This does. This just looks like one of the Flash War variants. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it does. It's just Wally running, and you can't really tell it's Wally. Yeah, but, and that's the other thing. Like, you can't even really differentiate that this is a different Flash. And is the logo facing the wrong way, or am I, do I have a reversed image? I might have a reversed image, too, because this logo is facing the wrong way for me. Okay, maybe we have reversed images, but if it is, what the hell is going on here? This is a, uh, this cover just doesn't work for me. I think this guy has really good work. I like his, like, when he did some Deathstroke covers, and oh, even his Batman's covers incredible. are really cool. Yeah. yeah, the Batman covers he's done, but, I mean, this is just terrible for the, it's supposed to be the 90s. Very mm. disappointing. Sad. 
<laughs> sad. Sad with an exclamation point. Then, then we go to the 2000s, which we were able to contribute to in a way. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, uh, Jim Jim Lee posted on his Instagram when he was drawing it, and it was like just of the Captain Cold outline. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, what do you guys want to see on the 2000s Flash cover? And both Hunter and I urged our followers to spam the comments with uh, Wally West. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Wally's on the cover, um, and it shows all the rest of the rogues, which is good because I, I think I think I put my comment. Me and you had the most like comments on that. I went back to that post. Oh, nice. I, I, think, I've, I think I put on mine like uh, Wally uh, was the Flash for the majority of the 2000s, so that would be cool to see. Also, the rogues were really big in the 2000s, so I'd like to see them too. So. Uh, we got to see a bunch of rogues in the background, which is really cool. From uh, the ones that we all know and love, like uh, Captain Cole, Mirror Master, Gorilla Grob, but even some ones that aren't as popular but were back then, such as Tarpit. Yeah, and- well, yeah, guys that made their first appearance in Jeff John's run. So you got Tarpit, you got uh, the second trickster, um, you got uh, the creepy guy, uh, Ma- Ma- Magenta, yeah, yeah. Murmur. Yeah, so it's got a lot of the like 2000s Flash Rogues. I thought that was a really cool touch. Mm. Again, I would like to see Bart on there, but you know, Bart got no justice in these covers. No, there's like Bart. You mean you mean the ten year old kid? Why would we yeah. put him on here? Well, I mean, on the 80th anniversary Flash book, they didn't even mention his name, so that's sad. Oof. But yeah, and then the 2010 cover is Francis Minopole. It's mostly just like a like a zoomed in of Barry. It's like it looks like a painting, and there's like. Him, it's like the progress of him running. So you see him running in two other locations on there. It's a cool looking cover. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, I think Monopoly's done better in his own Flash run. Mm-hmm. Like, I think my favorite cover of his is you remember that one with the uh, golden glider, like coming down, like upside down, and like face to face with Barry. Yeah, that one's incredible. I think that's one of his like most iconic covers. So um, yeah, I, I wonder what what he could have done where if it could have been like. Uh, Barry and like the rogues but the rogues all have powers now like like you're seeing like Captain Cold with uh, without the gun and he has like the 2010s type look oh yeah maybe, like, maybe that from... kind of cool just to show more of a decade aspect because this just looks like kind of like another Monopoly cover you know yeah that, that would have been nice to see I would have liked to see Wallace on the cover too yeah although if Bart's not going to be on the covers I didn't expect oh, yeah. to be, I didn't expect Wallace to be there oh well uh, it does look yeah. more like a painting than a comic cover which yeah agreed it's cool Oh so, no, it's cool. Yeah. It's just you no know, hate. For the, which, yeah, no, I, I like Monopoly's art. Which one are you getting? Uh, I'm leaning towards the Jim Lee one. I'm I either think, Jay Garrick or Jim Lee. Yeah. I mean, the, like, the, I have the Jim Lee for tech, so you know it lines off nice. And um, I, you know, I, I just I think that's like the Wally that I read the most of. If the '90s one was representative <clears throat> of Wade's run, then I would easily get the '90s run. But <clears throat> terrible. So the 2000s one is the most representative of like what I read the most with the Flash. So yeah, agreed. Okay, sounds good. I, I like it a lot. But yeah, that's the news of the week. I mean, we went over the Flash covers for a bit and do live action news. That's about it that happened this week. But we have a lot of comics to get to. So before yeah. we get into it, cover of the week, pick of the week. Okay, so my pick of the week is I want to go Batman. I like Batman this week. Okay. Uh, my cover of the week is t- pretty much a tie between Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-eight, which I think is a brilliant cover, with uh, Spidey running on the on the table, uh, like the crabs table, while the chips are around him and the dice are coming above him. I think that's really cool looking, mm-hmm. and I love the way they drew the spider mask there. Really well done, and I also love the Wonder Woman seven fifty cover by Joelle Jones. I think it's really well made. Uh, I mean, it's nothing like all that crazy. It's like Wonder Woman holding like a. Like a globe type thing, but I still think it looks cool. 
my cover of the week. Wait, sorry, do you, your pick of the week was Batman, right? Uh, yeah. I guess I'll do my pick of the week first. Um, either Batman or Shazam. So mm-hmm. Batman number six or Shazam number ten. Those were my two picks of the week. I don't know which one I like best yet, but I don't want to reread it here. Um, and my cover of the week is again either Amazing Spider-Man, like you just said, or yeah, Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> it's really yeah, nice. the Amazing Spider-Man I like cover Superman's is cool. Superman's cool. Well, but I like Superman's, but uh, I'd say Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Patrick Gleason's really good. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess since we both like Batman, you want to go over that first. Yeah, that's fine. So, uh, this is the second issue of James Tinian's run. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of like breaking into, you know, we got to get used to Lucius playing the Alpha role. And uh, the art's really creepy in this issue, by the way. Uh, yeah. Riddler looks very sickly. He hasn't slept in like months. They actually reference uh, You're the Villain Riddler number one, which I was surprised. Which some people aren't liking online. Which I understand their hate. Like, I, I like this, but I understand their hate. What do they not like about it? So, Riddler in Year of the Villain number one, which is about a year, a year, jeez, this hasn't been that long, about a month and a half ago that this issue happened. And in that issue, it was Lex Luthor's giving all these villains gifts. They didn't give, he didn't give Riddler one because he told Riddler his gift is letting him be free of crime because he's not a good villain. Like, he, well, he he's never succeeded. So, Riddler uh, says at the end, like, okay, I'm not going to be a villain anymore. I'm going to just try to live a regular life. And that was all retcon with an editor note. So, <laughs> well, not retcon, but, like, ignored. It's like, okay, that story, you know, it happened, but we're ignoring it with well, an editor not, note. Not not entirely. I mean, uh, Oswald says to him, like, oh, I thought you were going to disappear and live a boring, normal life somewhere warm. And he says that he tried, but he couldn't. So maybe this explains that, like, without crime he couldn't sleep and he couldn't eat and that's why he looks so sickly now he had to return to gotham i guess so yeah fair enough I guess it kind of follows the, i mean uh, the yeah like i i prefer i didn't really like the end of year of the villain riddler oh. i was just like oh Riddler living a normal life i mean that could be interesting for like an arc but he's a great villain so uh-huh uh, I'm okay with him returning to crime and he looks creepy <laughs> like he it looks Larry, like he's eaten tony s daniel's always been great like the creepy type art yeah, like he's super skinny. His spine is like popping out, and yeah, yeah, he looks creepy. So does Oswald here, and Oswald does nothing wrong with him, <laughs> like the yeah. penguin. But he just looks creepy though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like creepy uh, skin. So the penguin's killing people. Uh, I guess his own people. He mentions that he's just kind of like doing things for himself now. Uh, this takes place after Red Hood Outlaw, which is where Red Hood kind of basically mentally tortured Penguin. To like leave him alone, so I guess uh, that just made Penguin stronger in this case, because Tinion does respect continuity. I know it's not mentioned here, but I imagine that this what's happening. So, ah, <laughs> uh-huh. um, the assassins that were hired to do a job, which we do not know the job fully yet. I'm guessing Joker hired them. Uh, they had this master plan to be kidnapped by the police and sent to Bruce Wayne's new prison. So the assassins are Deathstroke, Cheshire. Uh, a new character called Teeth, um, and two other new characters, which I can't remember their names. Oh, R- Rachel Ghoul, not a new character, and one other guy with an American bandana. Do you remember his name? Uh, no, actually, I'm I'm blanking on the. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Okay, well, he looks cool. Um, just continue with that story before we go to the Catwoman stuff. Uh, Bruce Wayne was able to fund a new prison meant for people that he doesn't trust. So, like, people that escape Arkham often, like the Joker, and he's 
kind of testing it out by putting these assassins in there. And he says there's only one way out, or two ways out. One is two guards had to put a key in at the same time and turn at the same time, kind of like launching a nuke in a way wow. to open a cell door. And the other is a way that only Batman and Lucius Fox know, and no one else knows. Uh, one thing I don't like about this is they all escape like two pages after explaining that. Yeah, yeah, like you built it up to be like this big unescapable thing, and then it's just like, I'm escaped. <laughs> yeah, they escape like a few pages later. So, you know, eh, you know, maybe don't build it up that much if they're just going to run away. Uh, yeah. Batman finds out the Cheshire in the prison is a fake, so he chases after the real version. This was a good scene. This was probably the best scene in comics this week. The chase scene? Yeah, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, you want to go over it? Yeah, so uh, Batman's chasing down Cheshire, who uh, is pretty much like getting away with it but Cheshire like loves the game like she's like ooh uh, good this is starting to get boring and uh, Batman like ejects the seat and Lucius is like uh, what are you doing you weren't you weren't supposed to do that <laughs> and uh, he's like have your brains been liquefied like what the hell is wrong with you and he's like don't worry I'm still here and he's like uh, he has to grapple and he only has to get it within two seconds or else he's not gonna you know like live anymore <laughs> and he's able to grapple in time to hook around the chair and able to take uh, take down or I'm sorry, uh, Cheshire gets like on top of his chest almost, and she's like standing on him, but he's still like calm, cool, and collect. And even when she starts to try to get him with her like poison nails, she gets hit by a truck, which like came out of nowhere. <laughs> like I can imagine like if this was like an like a movie, like the way they could have done the sound would have been perfect. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Because she like thinks she poisoned Batman, and she's like, "Your heart should stop any second now. If you have any last words," and he goes, "Brace yourself." And she's like, oh, bleep. And then it's like, Pow! she gets railed by an 18-wheeler. And uh, she's, like, on the ground in front of the truck. <laughs> and Batman's, like, talking to the truck driver, which I thought was a little weird. <laughs> he's probably just like, it's all right. Like, it's okay. You yeah, hit, but, like, but he's, he's like, woman. explaining to Cheshire, like, how he, like, there was a membrane in his suit and it coated the nails. So uh, it didn't actually hit him. This, this felt like a very, like, uh, 60s Batman explanation. As to how he survived? Oh yeah, Adam. If it weren't if it weren't for my anti bat venom <laughs> suit, then I wouldn't be alive now, old chum. Mm -hmm. Pretty that's much. That's what it felt like to me. But uh, but she Cheshire essentially says like you don't know all the players in the game yet, and uh, the issue ends with them with the guys escaping in jail. Bullock is on the ground, but uh, they won't they won't kill Bullock just yet because the boss wouldn't want that, which is a very convenient way to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then uh, Penguin's like flying in, and uh, yeah, the last cover is him getting his advantage i guess he's got like a whole bag of goodies and he's coming flying in so yeah. yeah um the whole batman versus cheshire scene was really cool he's basically on a bed with wheels in the middle yeah. of the road going like 70 kilometers an hour or something yeah <laughs> like he's lying down on wheels and that's why uh he when cheshire gets hit by the truck uh batman just goes under the truck because he's yeah. lying down so the art was really well done I'm excited for George Gymnast to join him, but like I'm, I really like this artist as well. Uh, Deathstroke acting a little cocky seems like he's okay with this, but I feel like their boss. Do you have any idea who the boss is? No, I have no idea. I'm I'm surprised though that somebody was able to retain all these people and like Deathstroke because I feel like Deathstroke's just so hard to retain. With a good explanation, I, I hope they have a good explanation, but I feel like it's just gonna be Joker. Joker disguises Black Mask, Arkham Origins. Ooh. <laughs> Because they, they do have a, uh, a big Joker story coming up in May, which is apparently the biggest Joker story since Endgame. So, uh -huh. I feel like it could be Joker, but I don't know. 
Uh, all in all, though, great issue. Uh, the Catwoman scenes, uh, she seems nervous about something, as if she maybe knows what's happening. Like, maybe when maybe, she was Maybe, a like, villain. the villain tried to recruit her, too. Or, yeah, maybe this plan was talked about when she was a villain. And oh, right. she maybe backed out, and then it never ended up happening. But now it's happening, because yeah. they got a replacement for Catwoman, being yeah. maybe Cheshire. Or Harley Quinn, because we know she's joining the story, I think, next issue. Yeah. So, very interesting. Yeah, but for yeah. sure. Uh, I give it, like, a 9. Yeah, like, 8.5 for me. I enjoyed the issue. Yeah. Next comic. Uh, let's do Superman, number 19. The Truth, part 2. Uh, so Identity with, revealed. Yeah, so it's, the first page of it is the mm-hmm. Daily Planet all destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my god, the Daily Planet's destroyed. And then uh, it's actually just an image that the insurance company sent to Perry White. Like, this is what ha- this is what could happen to the Daily Planet now that Superman has revealed himself. That's Clark Kent, yeah. Which makes sense, to be honest. Yeah, it's just weird that they would send him, like, an image like that. Like, it seems like uh, a threat. I don't know. It seemed like a big, like, uh, like gotcha moment, I guess. Yeah, it does. But I I feel like it was well made, at least. Yeah. Because even Perry White was annoyed by it. It's like, can't believe they would send me this. In a way. Yeah. And, like, it, Bendis posted the image on Instagram, like, two months ago. And people yeah. were just like, oh, God. What yeah, like, done? this is already what's going to happen because he did this. But, yeah. But, yeah, it's um, just a gotcha. Um, this entire issue is about, like, Superman being okay with himself, being okay with Clark. And mm-hmm. being surprised how many people are accepting of him. Like when he goes out into the office, people are all like surrounding his desk and giving him hugs and like you saved me and clapping and just hugging. Like they, I think they said like that. I think there's gonna be a lot of hugging. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I I thought that was pretty nice. And then uh, what what, what do you think of the end with? Uh, well, well, first of all, the beautiful splash page. I'm sure you want to say a thing or two about that. I do. <laughs> so. Uh, this whole issue is just Superman having a good old time, flying around, hugging people, and he eventually goes to the Hall of Justice. And this is just, this is the same day that he revealed his identity, I assume. So, oh yeah, it has to be. So, he goes to the the um, Hall of Justice, and he enters, like, the I guess the main room where they have their meetings. And you get this beautiful splash page of a ton of heroes, all just looking all happy. What do you think of this, first off? Uh, beautiful page. Ivan Reese is the king of splash pages. Throughout every run he does, he always does, you know, beautiful splash pages. Um, I don't like Harley Quinn being there, and especially being <laughs> such a prominent member. Yep. Um, um, there are seven characters in this that shouldn't be here at all. Should be replaced with different heroes. <laughs> okay. Who are your seven? Harley Quinn, first off. Let's talk about that. Well, so, the, the, I don't know if you uh, do you follow Anxiety Lantern. Uh, yeah. They didn't edit. They didn't edit where it was Kyle Rayner in place of uh, Harley Quinn. It was great. Yeah, and they replaced it. Yeah. And it also, great. there was an edit where uh, Deathstroke was in it, but they replaced it with Mambat. Oh, okay. So Mambat's a hero this time, so that's okay. But, jeez, why did they put Deathstroke in originally? But I would replace uh, Harley with maybe Kyle Rayner or no another Lantern. Hal Jordan's not here, which is understandable because he's kind of like a villain right now. But so where's Kyle Rayner? Yeah, Kyle Rayner should be fine. So Harley Quinn is in here for reasons unknown because in continuity wise, she's in the Suicide Squad right now. Oh, I, well, I was thinking, isn't she still like a wanted criminal from like Heroes in Crisis? That too. Well, she was captured and put in prison, and now she's a part of the Suicide Squad. She should have a bomb in her head, doing missions for the squad, Task Force X, sorry, and then going back to prison. 
But now here she is sitting right next to Booster Gold in the Hall of Justice. Yeah. Why? Oh, Booster and, Booster and Harley conveniently next to each other, the Heroes in Crisis gang? No, I, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I see, I see what you did there. Um, other characters that shouldn't be in here. Jessica Cruz, Starfire, Azriel, and Cyborg. Because they should be in the Ghost Sector? They should be in the Ghost Sector. And I know this from hearing people that talk about Justice League Odyssey. I'm unfortunately, I'm not reading it right now, but I'll be picking it up again. Um, they can't get back to Earth. They cannot find a way back. So they're kind of stuck in space right now. So why are they here? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Who, who's the person all the way to the left next to Man Bad? That looks like Captain Marvel. Okay, <laughs> I was I was wondering that too. And he even asked people on Reddit and no one seemed to figure out who that is. I have no idea. But the suit looks like Captain Marvel. It totally looks like Captain Marvel. Oh. Um, another character that shouldn't be here. Uh, Shazam. He's currently infected. And Hawkman, also currently infected. Yeah. So they're they're currently kind of stuck being villains right now, but here they are, looking all proud. Now, I understand, I mean, it's a splash page. It shouldn't mean much. Uh, it is amazing. Like, this is one of Ivan Reese's best arts he's ever done, I would say. Yeah. But there's just some characters that don't make sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Ivan Reese is the guy who worked with Jeff Johns on Green Lantern and worked with him on Aquaman, meaning he did splash pages for Blackest Night, splash pages for Throne of Atlantis, uh, splash pages for Justice League uh, 52 some, some other big Justice yeah some other big Justice Trinity League arc. so I, Ivan Reese is the king of splash pages he's good so it, he knows it's, it's always nice to see one from him yeah so this is great there's just some problems yeah. anyways the issue <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, what, do you, what do you think of the Mongo, uh, mogul stuff in the end mongol stuff in the end I mean uh, yeah that I mean I don't know I, I felt myself almost like like not skimming through, but almost kind of just like flip, flip, flip. Like, I don't know. I didn't really. When Superman first appears and he like kicks Mongol and his cape kind of like just spreads out. That's cool. Yeah. That's that's really neat. I like that art a lot. Yeah, that Mongol's... was really cool. But after that, I kind of just like started to like lose. Like it ends with him calling them hypocrites for being like world unified when I guess they put him away. Yeah, and then uh, Mongol ends up just beating Superman really hard to the point that the people around are shocked. As you can see, Superman trying to use heat vision, but he keeps getting hit, and then it ends with him on the ground unconscious. So yeah, I mean, we knew a Mongol art was coming. Arc was coming. Mongol's a character I don't really care much for. <laughs> so yeah, honestly, neither do I. I don't think he's like in Bendis's book uh, run so far. He mostly just serves the purpose of like when somebody needs to be beat up. <laughs> yeah, Superman punched him recently, <laughs> but, but you know. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about? No, nah, this issue was, you know, it was interesting to see the Clark reactions. I I don't know. The, I, I'm still not a big fan of Superman revealing his identity. I get that there's stories to tell, but I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, next comic? Uh, you want me to go over Wonder Woman 750 and then you can go yeah, over a bunch it. of the ones that you read? Yeah, All right, so <laughs> Wonder Woman 750 is the collection of nine stories total. Uh, some okay. familiar writers, such as Steve Orlando, who's currently writing Wonder Woman, I believe. Uh, Gail Simone, who had a pretty long Wonder Woman run. Greg Rucka, who had a pretty long Wonder Woman run. Scott Snyder, who we know from so many other titles, such as Batman and Justice League. Of course. So there were, there were definitely some familiar names. There were some names that I was not so familiar. There were like five names that I'm not totally sure who they are. I mean, 
maybe if I like have read something that they uh, have written, but just based on name, I didn't recognize them. But uh, mm-hmm. so the first story is the Steve Orlando one, and it's the Wild Hunt finale. So I take it this is the end of an arc. I I don't know why. Oh, yeah, you yeah. So I actually the heard end of an this. arc. Apparently he's been on. Well, he has not. Apparently he has been on Wonder Woman for the past two years now, I believe. And okay. It, just from Reddit discussions that I read, he hasn't been the greatest. A lot of people are angry at it. There's a character named Maggie, I think, which apparently is a terrible character. And oh, okay. He, he loves. So, I guess, like, people are really glad that this run's finally over. Oh, okay. Man. Yeah, so, so I mean, this is just, I guess, him ending his run. But if you are haven't been reading Wonder Woman, like, this story makes no sense to you. It's essentially Cheetah, Hera... And Wonder Woman, like, going at it. And essentially Wonder Woman's like, I could save everyone. And she wants to get her lasso back. But, yeah, this story just makes no sense because I don't have any of the context of the arc. So I'm kind of just like, well, this is a story. And <laughs> I guess I guess it sets up the next story because, like, um, I mean, it has a beautiful splash page of Wonder Woman. But it ends with her on <coughs> uh, under arrest in the city of Boston. Like, there's a cop up to her with a gun. So... Uh, I guess they said it's the Wild Hunt finale and a new beginning. So I was like, I was lost that entire story, but I was like, okay. The next, the next one is the Gail Simone one, who I said had a pretty long Wonder Woman run. Um, this is with there's a side character who I'm not all that familiar with. She has like flower powers, where like like she puts out a fire with a bunch of flowers. Like I don't know, she can just like move her hands and flowers appear. So uh, okay. her and Wonder Woman like team up, and she brings Wonder Woman to her home. And they like feed Wonder Woman, like they give her homemade mac and cheese, and I don't know, it's like a like a whole like mother bonding story, I guess. And then Wonder Woman's mom comes there, and like Diana has to go off and mourn the death of a friend from Themyscira, but Wonder Woman's mom stays in place of her. And yeah, like Wonder Woman's mom like hugs the mom of this other girl. Like it, it was like a very like mom story. I, I didn't get it. In all honesty, I don't know if this flower character is from Gail Simone's Wonder Woman run, but. This story, again, did nothing for me. So that's two dud, dud stories to me in a row, right? That's fair, yeah. The third so this, story This is when is, the hate started. Yeah. So the third story uh, was one of the writers that I wasn't familiar with. It's uh, it's called The Interrogation. So it starts with Wonder Woman getting interrogated about uh, one of the recent uh, saves she just had, like where she was saving people, and the guy keeps asking like why she does it. The guy turns out to be Ares in disguise. And like Ares breaks out, and then uh, Wonder Woman's actually confident about this because it turns out that she was like it's a little plot twist where she was actually playing him the entire time. She knew it was Ares, that's why she went along, and she was able to trap him. So it was a okay. really short story, but it, it was okay. I didn't hate it, but I was kind of just like, eh. <laughs> um, the next story, I, I truly do not get this. So she's in Mardi Gras uh, in New Orleans, and Wonder Woman's hanging out with a friend who's able to do magic, okay. and. Uh, She's like, I don't know if she's a magician in the DC universe, but she references Zatanna and she's like, uh, oh, Zatanna won't do what I do because it's immoral. So uh, Wonder Woman has to like basically trade her lasso for uh, her to do her magic on Cheetah. And she wants to turn Cheetah back to Barbara Ann, but it doesn't work because all she had to do was say her name, Barbara Ann, and she would have been restored. And he's, she's like, please, just say your name. Please, Barbara Ann. And Cheetah, with like an aggressive-ass face, was like, Cheetah. So she doesn't get to turn back. And uh, it ends with the magician and Wonder Woman kind of just like, some people don't change. So, I don't know. The story was okay, but I just, like, it, 
it started it, it went too long like the whole mardi gras scene was very pointless um, yeah that's fair the the next scene or the next story rather was a whole like themiscaran story about uh about Wonder Woman uh, wanting to leave Themyscira and her mother being like, no, man is bad. They start wars and, you know, you don't want to be with them. And she's like, please, I just want to go. And everyone she asks about mankind says that mankind is really bad. And then the story ends with her wishing upon a falling star, but it's not a falling star. It's Steve Trevor's plane. So it's like basically the precursor to her origin. Okay. Like, okay. It was an okay story. Um, the next one is, um, the, the one that I sent you where the kid yells yeet. <laughs> so this is easily one of the funniest comic panels I've ever seen in my life. So, um, th- there's a panel where they're thanking Wonder Woman after she beats a villain. Right. So one of the, it's the crowd, really weird right? too. Yeah. So, so one of the girls like, thank you, Wonder Woman. And the kid behind her goes yeet. It, it makes no sense. <laughs> it, it's like the writer has like heard the word yeet before. He's like, oh, I can throw that in my script. Like what? <laughs> I, I don't. It, it's so weird. This, this this story has like very very weird art. Like you saw the Guy Gardner panel I sent. That that was the same story. Like Guy has like a very like deformed looking face. Yeah, sent- it, it's it's by the artist that does Martian Manhunter, the, oh, okay. the maxi series. So he's good for aliens. Oh, but- you sure, Riley Rosmo? I didn't know that. It's the one who says Yeet, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that story. I didn't realize that was the Martian Manhunter artist. I thought Steve Orlando did the art for that one. I'm pretty sure it's that guy. I mean, the art looks very familiar to it. Yeah, I know. I could see it, but yeah. They did um, Night of the Monster Men, too. It doesn't work for humans. Yeah. (laughs) So it looks very bizarre. So at one point, Guy Gardner calls uh, Wonder Woman on her comm link after the kid yells yeet. And his actual dialogue is, quote, Hey, Dub Dub, they need you on Chick Island. Something about a Hydra. And he looks like he got like punched in the face and his cheeks bruising. <laughs> yeah, so then Wonder Woman's like, Guy, the Amazon Warriors of Themyscira wouldn't need me for just a Hydra. And then Guy goes, Lady says her name was Hippo something. Like, I don't know. It was a really weird, like, hey, Dub Dub. I, I don't know. So Wonder Woman makes her way back to Themyscira. Her mother wants her there. And her mother's like kind of just happy to see her. And like everyone on Themyscira is really just happy to see Wonder Woman. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the story. Like, it's nice for her to be back. That that that's pretty much the story. Uh, the next one is the bombshell story. Um, the I don't, I don't bombshells like I don't know if it's a line. I know they do a lot of action figures, but I don't know if it's like an actual comic line of like all the girls. Yeah, or is it a show? It's it's they have to make a lot of statues of it because I always see it on the solicitations. But um, it's Batwoman. Wonder Woman. Basically, it's like every woman hero saying like what Wonder Woman means to them. So like, there's That's a page cool. of like what of like Mara talking about that. That's and, cool. And uh, yeah, it's uh, Supergirl, but this Supergirl is Soviet, so like kind of like Red Sun type thing. She has oh, a okay. really interesting suit. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, we actually get to see Donna Troy and Cassie in these, which is nice because, I mean, even though it's a bombshell story, it, you know. I don't know. I, I, I kind of found myself flipping through the story because I just wasn't that interested in it. Mm-hmm. And then the next story was like Wonder Woman versus uh, a friend of hers who was paralyzed but like traded her paralysis for like powers. I, but she didn't realize she was doing wrong. And it ends with her, Wonder Woman basically just accepting like I'll always be here for you. Like, like you know, you're not alone through this paralysis. I'm always here for you. And that's with them hugging. So I was like, okay, it was a nice little story. Okay. And then the final story is the Scott's. Ne- so so far you can hear it's a it's a dud of a 
of a special issue. I, Last I like the one, women t- saying what they like about Wonder Woman idea. That's cool. Yeah, but it was like the whole issue wasn't that though. Like it, it was a few pages. Oh of the issue. yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, if it was the whole issue, I would have been very interested. Yeah, but anyway, um, the the last one was uh, by Scott Snyder called "A Brave New World," and uh, it's it's set during like World War II America. Uh, the president is FDR, and uh, he's like talking with his advisors about like possible war and all the threats to America. And he goes to give a speech, and there's somebody set up with a rocket launcher to go shoot him. And Wonder Woman is like in the crowd the whole time with like a hood, and she jumps in front of FDR and she blocks the rocket with like her uh, wrists. Her braces, yeah. those wrist rockets. Um, and she flies off like as she she's like stay down, and then she flies off and she uh, takes out the rocket launcher guy. And it's like the first superhero, and they're like, "Wow, what do you say? Like, who are you?" And she's like, "I'm Wonder Woman." And she's like has like a like a huge like splat like a huge page of like a heroic pose, and then uh, it says that. The thing she could, um, the thing she could do. St- I'm sorry. Ba- basically, the story ends with her inspiring someone because uh, it says that she, her heroism shined each and every day, and it showed a new way forward, a way out of the dark. And it ends with Alan Scott showing his Green Lantern ring, and it says the beginning. So remember, they said that they were going to make it where Wonder Woman's the first hero in 5G. Yeah. This is that story. Oh no. So she inspired Alan Scott, even though Doomsday Clock just told me that. Superman, I don't know. This is too much continuity. <laughs> Keep going. Come on. What's that, that's coming? the end of the story. It's the end of the story is Alan Scott with the Green Lantern ring, like with, with like his Green Lantern ring in the crowd. And it says a way out of the dark. And then it says the beginning. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so like, it was a really it was an enjoyable story, like of Wonder Woman, like, you know, going to save FDR. And then when I realized it was the first hero story, I was like, oh, no. Here we go. Yeah. So, and that's one. That's one. Wonder Woman seven fifty, an extremely underwhelming issue, especially for a ten dollar issue. That's fair. I mean, it's in the similar style of Action Detective. It's not as long though, right? Uh, there were ten story. I, I, it's ninety six pages. I thought the, the same thing with tech oh, and uh, with action. Weird. I mean, I wonder yeah. if we get something similar for eight hundred. Yeah, I don't know. This was just—I thought it was a disappointing issue, and I just—I don't like the idea of her being the first hero, only because you literally just established it with Superman. So I just don't get why you backtrack on that. Yeah, literally last month. <laughs> so very disappointing. Um, other comments that you read this week that you want to go over? Those, those are my three. So if you want to go to Batman, Superman, or Shazam, I'm more than are ready you... to hear. Okay, are you okay with slight spoilers oh, for Shazam? Of course, Shazam? go ahead. I already okay. saw some spoilers for Batman Superman, so... Okay, Shazam is super good. First <laughs> off. Yeah, you I can't should, wait to read it. You should read this, because it's really, really, really good. Um, So, King Kid, he's on yep. Earth now, and he, he's kind of... His goal is to, like, just find adults and kidnap them to become the slaves. Okay. And so, obviously, that's a problem. So, the Shazamly comes in to stop him. Including Billy's father, who is the new seventh member of the Shazam family. He looks, you know, for those of you that don't really know or who've seen the movie at least, same style suit, just a different color. Uh, his He's is yellow, right? Yeah, it's yellow with a red belt. So, and he, he kind of has a similar face to Billy's, except he has kind of like Mr. Fantastic style gray hair on the side. So, it's cool. And um, they they all decide to work together to stop the uh, King Kid's army. Uh, they find out that his his cane is a source of power. And when you take that away, everyone just becomes toys. So 
they they kind of beat him fast and that's about it for their story and then they kind of talk billy's father feels really really bad for king kid and all he wants to do is help him but the shazamily and the police are just like this guy belongs in jail or juvenile detention or something like that uh because we don't really know how old he is and yeah. so they're, they're just trying to be like, send him to jail, take him away. And the wizard is, is even like, okay, we could trap him in like another dimension here. Like we got to put this guy away. But Billy's father's just like, hold on. What if we just talk to him? Like I wasn't there for Billy. And so I understand that not being there for a child is a terrible thing. And I, I messed up and uh-huh. I want to try to help out. I want to try to help King Kid. But everyone else is just like, no, we're, we're putting him to jail. So <laughs> more on that next issue, I guess. Um, Dr. Savannah and Mr. Mind, they find a way to open up the, um, the monster lands. Cause you, you know how the, the rock of eternity had like the seven doorways to different dimensions, yep. but the monster lands was closed off and Dr. Savannah and Mr. Mind have been trying to open it this whole time, but they finally opened it and they go inside and there's a character called the dummy who is a, a one of Shazam's first villains actually, apparently. Oh, from the golden age. Yeah. That's cool. It's called the dummy. He's made of wood. And he's basically like the guide in the Monster Lands. B- based he, on the name, it just sounds like a forties villain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he's like a tranquil, a ventriloquist dummy, but like human sized. He's kind of scary looking, but he's kind of the guide of the Monster Lands. He's like this is where like the world's worst people are trapped forever. And Doctor Zvon is just like, ooh, this is where I'm gonna trap the Shazam family, <laughs> like typical villain thing. <laughs> yeah. And he's just kind of like going around the Monsterlands, and no one's around, but he can't find anything. He finds like a creature here and there, but it's like a typical monster. So he's like, who's who is trapped in this place? And there's this giant castle that serves as a prison, and he goes in there, and he's just like, okay, this is clearly a prison, but most of the cells are empty. This is where I will eventually trap everyone and apparently this was um where the uh the original wizards like uh, when there was seven of them this is where they would uh, go to talk before creating the rock of eternity because this was originally their castle but eventually they're just like okay there's a lot of bad things here let's just close it off and make a new place uh-huh. eventually they all died except for the one that we know um but he's just like okay all the prison cells are empty so this place is abandoned except for one prison cell that's closed and it's a little tease at who's inside and it is Superboy Prime. Oh, right. I forgot Prime's coming in Shazam. I forgot, too. So this was like a huge shock to me. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. He's been trapped here this whole time. That's why we haven't seen him in continuity and whatnot. For those who don't know. Does he dialogue? Yeah, he does. He says, because um, Dr. Fasana kind of looks in, and he's just like, who is this guy? Like, oh, we're just going to take over this lair. And he says, hey, hey, I could hear you out there, you stupid little worm. Don't think I don't know who you are. From Venice or the Wildlands, it doesn't matter. I see you too. After everything they've done, I can't believe you are all still here. Well, good. Wait until you see what I do to Billy Batson and his eyes glow red. So, he's okay, just really mad. I mean, Superboy Prime is a kind of like an immature character. Yeah, way. I can't, so I can't wait until Prime sees Bart Allen. He's like, oh, this guy's a kid? No worry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Superboy Prime is this huge, like, powerful character. He is... I don't know if that's still in continuity, but he's from our world, like me and you. So well, he's yeah, he was he was sent there at one point. He was another world Superboy, and he and he teamed in uh, Infinite Crisis. He teamed with uh, the Superman of another <clears throat> Earth, and 
uh, he was like kind of like misleading that Superman of the other Earth from the original Christ on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up being like the villain of the story, which was like the big twist at the time. And he killed Superboy and all that. It was crazy. And uh, yeah, he's been like, he's been in a lot of stories since. Like Jeff wrote him a ton in the 2000s. It's like Jeff's favorite character, I think. And uh, yeah, he he was... He only really he defeated for a while. He got sent to our Earth, and he like read it in like a comic book or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> which was a little wacky, but you know, you know, Gwenpool style. But he uh, he kind of only really appears when there's like crisis level things, and there is going to be yeah. a crisis happening in 2020. So wow. um, maybe he will appear in Shazam and then have a bigger role in that. But he is so powerful in the fact that not a lot of people forget this, but he once punched the reality apart. A single punch sent like a crippling effect throughout the DC universe, and before it was changed to the Lazarus Pit, resurrected Jason Todd. Yeah, resurrected Jason. One Todd. of the wackiest concepts of all time, by the way. Yeah, it is. But that have you read that scene? Of, of course, Jason Todd? it's one of the coolest scenes ever. It's like Jason in his coffin. Oh, it's it's, it's awesome until you start thinking about it. Then you're like, eh, it's kind of wacky. <laughs> it is really wacky, but like it, it's well written. I'd say. Yeah. He punches reality. This crippling effect goes across the universe. Uh, Jason Todd gasps for air in his coffin. And he starts, like, he's freaking out. He doesn't know where he is. He realizes he's in a coffin. He's like, oh, God, what's happening? He starts scratching his way out. He, like, breaks his fingernails. His fingers are bleeding. He uses his belt buckle to kind of carve his way out, dig his way out of the grave. And then he just, like, he comes out, and the first thing he sees is a gravestone saying, here lies Jason Todd. So... It's really cool, yeah. and I'm wondering if we will get the Superboy Prime doing like a crisis level thing again, where he will break reality in a way and maybe get rid of Five E or something. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Geez. Um, with the Shazamly revealing their identity to the, their foster parents, they're kind of in shock still, but accepting it for now. Okay. Um, they aren't really doing anything about it. They're more just kind of like a, like okay, this is this is a problem. They eat dinner together. They invite uh, Billy's father to stay the night on, just on the couch. And uh, as well as the wizard who's with them right now. And so he also sleeps on like another couch. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they have like a full house right now. And they're just like, what do we do? And they, they're kind of panicking. Um, the, it, the issue ends with uh, Billy's father waking up at night to walking. And the wizard, he's pacing in the room that they're sleeping in. And he's just like, oh, uh, do you need something? Like, can I help you find anything? And then yeah. the wizard says, I cannot have you interfere like this. And Billy's father's like, what do you mean? And then he says, you will rule my plans. And then he puts he puts a staff to Billy's father's chest and yells Shazam. Lightning strikes Billy's father, but he doesn't change. He just goes unconscious. Uh-huh. So, to be continued. I yeah. don't know what that means. It's a little crazy. I mean, uh, not that we should even be that like uh, shocked about it, but the last three months... We got three Shazam issues. It hasn't been delayed after massive delays, so it's kind of nice. It's happening. I think it helps because yeah, ongoing. This issue does transfer between two different artists: the original uh-huh. one that started the book, and uh, I've got the other artist. It's the one that did uh, Flash often. Oh, Scott Collins. Yeah, Scott Collins. He does a lot too. Yeah, he does yeah, kind of the he uh, did a few of the Shazam issues. He Scott Collins does the uh, Doctor Savannah scenes while. The regular artist does the Shazam scenes, so. Oh, I gotcha. And it fits well, though. I thought I thought they both did really well done. So. Yeah, it's, it can be tough. I think in issues to try to blend two artists, especially when they have very different styles. But I, I think they did a good job. It uh, is from just flipping through this book. Oh, definitely, it is very difficult. But the fact that 
um, the Scott Collins is doing the Monster Lands with Dr. Savannah, where it's very dark. Yeah, it's like a different scene enough. Yeah, and while the Shazam family scenes, they're very bright and colorful, while Savannah's scenes are very dark and very red. So it, it, it works well together. So I'm okay with it. But yeah, I give that issue honestly a 10. Looking back at it, that wow, no flaws. I don't see any flaws with that issue. It was really well done. Wow. Um, I can quickly go over Batman Superman here. Yeah, um, go ahead. It was good. Uh, again, same artist. So the art is done by David Marquez. Uh, he's yeah, really D- David Marquez, one of the finest artists in comics. Yeah, oh. it's, it's the way he does facial expressions. By, by the way, he's doing some of the in- interior art for Flash 750, so I'm very excited about that. Ooh, nice. Um, Batman and Superman, they go to Wonder Woman uh, to ask for help. Uh, they all fight these uh, golem things together while talking. And they talk about the infected characters. So Donna Troy, Supergirl, Blue Beetle, Jim Gordon, Hawkman, and Shazam. They're all secretly evil right now. And they're talking about how this is a problem. And Wonder Woman was kind of angry because she didn't tell anybody. Because they didn't tell anybody, sorry. Until now. And now it might be too late. So it, I understand why they didn't tell anyone. Because they didn't know who was still infected. And, and, it, and weren't they not sure who they could trust? Like, wasn't that from the end of that Flash issue? Yeah. They, they wasn't sure who they could trust. So, uh, Wonder Woman says, like, well, then do some tests. Do something, anything. To, I have a literal lasso of truth here. Like, <laughs> you could have you came to me and we could have talked. And they're just like, yeah, I guess. But the book's called Batman Superman, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not Trinity. Um, throughout the conversation, it's pretty cool. You cut to a lot of random superhero interactions talking about the infected. So you see, like, in the Hall of Justice, uh, Black Lightning and Metamorpho having lunch together. And they're talking about the Batman who laughs being locked up in the Hall of Justice and nobody knew it, uh, which was kind of creepy. It's like, we're eating lunch, and the Batman who laughs was literally underneath us. Um, you see, going on patrol in a city, uh, Green Arrow, Black Canary, and Hawk Girl. Uh, talking about the infected being like, are they okay? Uh, you get Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, and Swamp Thing talking about uh, what Blue Beetle should tell Jamie's family. This is a tech core Blue Beetle, not Jamie. So uh-huh. being like, oh, what, what are we going to tell his family? And Swamp Thing's just like, you got to tell him the truth. So it's pretty cool seeing these random character interactions. And it, I like how this book really goes with Scott Snyder's goal of making the Hall of Justice a place for all heroes. Yeah. Like, Black Lightning's having lunch with Metamorpho. That's cool. Yeah. Um, it, the, the conversation ends with Wonder Woman being like, where's Donna Troy? And they're just like, we don't know. And it's like, Donna Troy is my friend. Like, she's my sister. And you never came to me when she was hurt. You should have came to me. And now she's gone. And it's like, well, not gone. And then Wonder Woman's like yelling at them. Like, then where is she? And she like punches the golem so far, like into space. And Superman looks horrified, and Batman's kind of grinning at that, which I thought was funny. And then she's uh-huh. just like, is there a cure? And they're just like, we're looking at it and getting a cure. And then she's just like, fine, I'm going to go find Donna. And this is also the part where she mentions, like, we need to trust each other. And then you get the flashback to uh, Mixie Politic being disguised as Clark Kent back in 2016. And uh, Flash and Barry in the button uh, being like, we need to learn to trust each other more. And... So good continuity there. And she leaves. Yeah. So I like how there's continuity. I like how they're showing the uh, Hall of Justice being a home for heroes. Eventually, Batman and Superman, they don't know what to do for now. So they're just, uh, as of now, they're just waiting. They're going back to their regular lives, you know, protecting Gotham Metropolis. Um, 
little cool scene that I wanted to mention was uh, there's a scene where Clark and Bruce, they talk in Gotham together, just as Clark and Bruce. Uh, Clark still wears the glasses despite him revealing his identity. And uh, uh-huh. Bruce points that out and just says, old habits die hard. So I thought that's cool. They still wearing the glasses. Um, eventually, they decide that they need to maybe talk to Jim Gordon because they have Jim Gordon in the Hall of Justice right now to find out what he knows. And then that says to be continued with Hills Horizon number two. So, which I have. The which issue ends with um, a Lazarus pit and uh, Rajal Ghul just kind of looking at it while talking to Zod and saying the Lazarus pitch. Zod is trying to threaten Rajal Ghul, Rachel Ghul by saying that the Lazarus pitch should be on Krypton too, in a way. Or Kandor, he says. Like they shouldn't be on Earth. So, that's where that rivalry comes in, I guess. Yeah. Uh, really quick with hell's horizon uh just continue off that story there jim gordon the infected is in the hall of justice and he's been interrogated by just about every superhero trying to find out the batman laughs uh location he's not giving up or anything lex luther though he decides that he should go find out so he um dis- has like this hologram thing that disguises him completely of a hero that he's gotten dna from um it's animal man of all people <laughs> Oh. So he disguised himself as Animal Man to go in, and he uh, he's able to get into the Hall of Justice. And right off the bat, it's cool. You see a lot of heroes just interacting and walking around. You see Barry running around the facility. You see Hawk and Dove having a conversation with Vixen and Miss Martian, of all people. And Miss Martian, every time she passes Animal Man, she kind of, like, hesitates. She freezes and, like, kind of looks odd. Eventually, uh, Lex Luthor is able to get to Jim Gordon, starts to interrogate him. Uh, eventually doing like more of a villain way of torture uh, instead uh-huh. of just like where is the Batman style where is he where is she um, eventually he gets the location of the Batman who laughs but right when he does that he turns around and there's more affected heroes now in the Hall of Justice uh, just staring at Luther and Jim Gordon's like it's too late the Hall of Justice is being affected as we speak and the uh-huh. new infected are a character I don't recognize at all uh, Dr. Light like the female version yeah. Booster Gold, Miss Martian, Hawk, Dove, and Beast Boy. Oh, interesting. Infected. So, that's how it ends. It was yeah. actually a decent issue. I liked it a lot. I liked the whole disguised. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, besides that, Amazing Spider-Man was good. Not much to see. It felt like a bit more of a filler, but it also connects back to the uh, the J.J. Jonah, J- Jonah Jameson arc from like a year ago, where uh-huh. uh, it ends with uh, Jay saying talking to peter like oh we're allies like we need to help each other out and peter's just like uh i guess and then uh and this issue uh spider-man gets in trouble and j jonah jameson's angry that spider-man is going to j jonah jameson so they have a bit of a yell and peter's just like okay fine i'm on this secret mission with shield and i can't tell anyone about it but just that's all i can tell you we're we still respect you but leave me alone and j jonah is like understandable and he goes home and writes a whole blog for the world to know that spider-man's working for shield on a secret mission nice <laughs> which is funny then yeah that's uh that's the comics yeah yeah I, w- I was gonna say about batman superman before uh i think that this is a book that's kind of being slept on yeah it's In really good like a lot of people are kind of just like oh it's williamson like passing by but this book has been pretty legit for every issue and the art i mean is beyond perfect but like, this book has been really raising the stakes, and I think the writing's been pretty good. Yeah, like, it's only six issues in, but 
it is really good, both art-wise and story-wise. Uh, it respects continuity. It has stakes. Uh, it goes over. It connects to other books like Justice League, uh, Hell's Horizon. Uh, yeah. The Truth was brought up. Uh, Wayne Enterprise building more in Gotham was brought up, so it's connecting to Tinian's Batman and Bendis' Superman. So yeah. it's nice. It, it feels like a perfect kind of cherry on top of her DC Comics. It's that book that connects books. Which before was Justice League, but we haven't had a Justice League issue in like a long time. A while, yeah. Which they still haven't put out the last issue of Justice Doom War, right? Yeah, when's that coming out? I don't know. I mean, they already spoiled it, but yeah, I don't know. Huh. I wonder if they're scrapping it. I don't know. That's weird. I don't think they're scrapping it. We just haven't had it in a while. Oh well. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's a hero yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, that's the show. This was a very comic-heavy episode, so I hope you enjoyed. And if you did enjoy, segue. If you did enjoy, uh, we appreciate a five-star review or whatever review you think we should we should deserve. We recently got a review, which was very nice, and I appreciate the feedback. And right. Yeah, I appreciate the rating. It helps with the ratings. Yeah, that, that review was by a person with a <laughs> name stalling here. Uh, to, to be fair, I sent it to Hunter over DM, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is nice." Yeah, I mean, JD's. It was from it was from Noswall Nine. I just got to it, so thank yeah. you, Noswall Nine, on Apple Podcasts. So. And for the record, they said that they really enjoy JD, and then Hunter. JD goes first. Ah, ha, ha, I like okay. it. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought of the name of your story. <laughs> that is fair, but to be fair, you ripped off Solo. So I did. Yes, I'm sorry, Star Wars. Don't hurt me, Disney. Don't sue us. Uh, but yeah, if you if you like the podcast, maybe give us five stars. We would definitely appreciate that. Uh, if not, you know, follow, subscribe, whatever you do. Thanks for listening. Uh, for a hero story, I'm JD. And I'm Hunter. And thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Bye.